Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, happy, happy Friday. It's Shira. Ryan Mitchell is out, but Shara Giselle is here. Yes, the last Friday of the month. And we should mention, do you want to tell the people why, why Ryan is out? Oh, it's his birthday. Not only is it his birthday, it's his golden birthday. Oh, yes. 29 on the 29th. That is huge. Yeah. Happy birthday, Ryan. It's, oh my God, his, oh, his birthday's tomorrow party, but it's his actual birthday Yeah, his birthday is today. I was mixing up. Oh my God. 29 on the 29th. All right. We have to call him live. It's happening. We're going to call him live. We're going to surprise him on the air. All right. I'm just saying, that's what you can expect here today. Today is also <laughs> Renaissance Friday. Beyonce dropped her new album today, well, late last night, slash today, and it is fantastic. I have my critiques, but one through nine, tracks one through nine are flawless. Producer Shelby, you listened to it, right? I did. Um, I mostly agree with you. I didn't like the first track. Um, you thought it was going to be something different, didn't you, based on the title? I don't it just I don't think it followed suit with what followed yeah. after I thought it was kind of out of place but yeah second half little lacking for me but yeah I like tracks one through nine but typically Beyonce has one song that never fits the mm, album like run the world oh, girls really? did not belong on but four. it was so good you know with lemonade formation technically did not belong on lemonade given the story she was telling mm. so that's that's it's it's interesting choice but I'm glad that she's back six years later and it is we're, we're getting party Beyonce so no more Lion King no, no more marriage reconciliation with Jay Z. Even though she does mention something about Jay Z time. Here. I mean, she's singing to a man, but I'm so glad he's not on the album. I mean, I, <laughs> granted, I yeah. like Jay Z. I think he's one of the greatest, but I got so tired of them collaborating together. My God, isn't this the beginning of like a trilogy? Yes, this is Act One of Renaissance. I ordered the merch. I got so much stuff in the mail on the way wow. from that lady. Okay. I'm just happy. It's a good Friday. What a great way to kick off the weekend. Definitely. Another great way. We got some positive news kicking off the weekend. Uh, Coming up on the show, we're talking about the fourth person to be cured of HIV. Oh, nice. That's in 15 minutes. And later on, how ghosting is linked to mental health. So it might make you I've been saying this for years. (laughs) You know, if you are the ghosting person or if you've been ghosted, it might, yeah, make you rethink that. I've never ghosted. We'll talk about it, though. Okay. 4.20 p.m. Pacific, 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Let's get into some what's turning this hour, though, right now. Justice Samuel Alito, in a speech in Rome at the Religious Liberty Initiative, dismissed criticism from foreign officials who said he lambasted um, his his opinion that overturned Roe v. Wade. Here's what he said. Over the last few weeks since I had the honor this term of 
waiting, I think, the only Supreme Court decision in the history of that institution that has been lambasted by a whole string of foreign leaders <laughs> who felt perfectly fine commenting on American law. One of these was uh, former Prime Minister Boris Johnson, but he paid the price. Mm, why, why is everybody a stand-up comedian nowadays? I know. Or it's, trying it's to be. Sad. It's awkward. Get a life. Uh, he also mentioned and called out, of course, this was like his roast, French President Emmanuel Macron and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his list of critics. It's like, yeah, people criticize you because you're doing the wrong thing. Get yes, you're a terrible person making terrible yeah. decisions. Moving on to the January 6th text messages of two Department of Homeland Security leaders during Donald Trump's final days as president, you know, the ones that are missing. The government phones of Chad Wolf, former acting DHS secretary, and Ken Cuccinelli, an acting deputy secretary, reportedly, oh, this is what they're saying, they were reset when they left the government in January 2021, wiping their texts. No, because listen, aside from iCloud, government officials, I feel like, there, there has to be a record of your interactions. There just That's has right. to even be. when you reset something, it's somewhere. Yeah, even what I'm saying, even with us normal people, when we reset something, it can still yeah, be found. Yeah. You know, weird. like what are the chances? Just that, that, if that moment, FBI, those texts. If the FBI and law enforcement can find people, you know, the people who go missing can track down their text messages and stuff. You can't tell me that the Secret yeah. Service's stuff can't be unburied. I don't know. Because that's what I think it is. Sounds fishy. Finally, the city of San Francisco and the state of New York declared public health emergencies amid the growing outbreak of monkeypox. San Francisco Mayor London Breed said that the risk of monkeypox to the general population remained low, but that declaring a public health emergency would allow the city to get resources together and accelerate emergency plans to respond to the rising case numbers. Monkeypox infections in the city have nearly doubled over the past week. Uh, Yeah, there's like over 1,200 cases in New York so far. I'm literally itching. I can't do this. This is so depressing to me. I'm so tired of talking about this. Uh, All right. That was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Please take care of yourselves. Um, Well, we were just talking about Renaissance, Mm -hmm. Beyonce's latest album. But you know what? Not everybody's in a celebratory mood. Shout out to Queen Milkshake herself, Khalees, who took to Instagram to slam Beyonce. But not only Beyonce. There's nuance to this. Because Beyonce does sample... Khaleesi's work, it, there's an interpolation, but there's not, it's not Khaleesi's vocals, and I don't even think it's the melody. I think it's a drum interpolation from what I've been hearing. But Khaleesi, before she even heard the song, she took to Instagram and she said, listen, my real beef is not only with Beyonce, because at the end of the day, she sampled the record. She copied me before. She's done stuff before, so have many other artists. It's fine. I don't care about that. The issue is we are female artists, okay? Black female entertainers yeah. in an industry, and basically that everybody should stick together. Now, to provide context to this, Khalees has beef with Pharrell. It's a long-standing beef. And I don't know if you all are familiar, but when Beyonce did Ring the Alarm back in 2006, you know, that's when Khalees was like, I'm the first girl to scream on the track. You remember the song Bossy? Because I'm bossy. And she said she's the first girl to scream on the track because she did it first oh, with wow. I Hate You So Much right now and Beyonce did it She didn't even Ring just give her credit or give her a shout out. Well, no, she did give her, she has a production credit, but Khalees was not notified. It would be like if you got a Google alert. Oh, it's alert. out of nowhere? Yeah. Yeah, that's not cool. But when it's, Be- I think the Beyonce machine of it all looks at, looks at it as 
as like a gift because your name is launched back into the pop culture zeitgeist. It's like free publicity for you. And who knows what protocol is like. The music yeah. industry is so shysty, but that is the tea report for this hour. Let us know what you think about this, okay? I know it's very nuanced. Are you team Beyonce and camp or team Khalees? Because I can really empathize. I, I understand her frustration. Yeah. The videos are good. Check out Khalees' uh, Instagram. She has two IG videos. Okay. Next up, the man that uh, is now free of HIV, all because of this one treatment. More next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, a 66-year-old man who was diagnosed with HIV in 1988 is That's said... the year I was born. Oh, there you go. Wow. Well, that was 34 years ago. Long time ago. Well, now he's said to be free of both HIV and cancer. Uh, he's known as the City of Hope patient, and he is reportedly the fourth patient in the world and the oldest to go into long-term remission of HIV without antiretroviral therapy for over a year. Now, this is a really big deal, and we want to talk more about this. We have got Dr. Michael Sag back with us, professor of medicine, director at the UAB Center for AIDS Research. Thanks again for joining us. We miss you. Good to be back with you, Shara. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Um, so can you uh, go through what treatment he received exactly? Sure. Uh, it's important, I think, for us to just take a step back. And we've had a lot of advances in HIV treatment over the years. And most people are treated with what's called, as you said, antiretroviral therapy, which stops all the replication of the virus. But it doesn't cure because despite stopping the replication, there are long-lived cells in the body that are infected with the virus. So if you ever stop the antiretroviral therapy, the virus would come roaring back. So the good news is we can control the virus, and that keeps people healthy and alive and not transmitting the virus, but it doesn't cure anybody. So to get rid of those long-lived cells, you, a patient would have to go through what the City of Hope patient did or the three others before him, which they get a bone marrow transplant. And mm. in the process of that, all the cells in that person's body, for the most part, the, the immune system cells are killed, and then they're replaced with the stem cell transplant. And then when those cells take over um, under the cover of the antiretroviral therapy, after about a year, they stop the therapy, and the virus is no longer there because all those cells that had harbored the virus are now eliminated because of the transplant. Mm. Wow. A bone marrow transplant sounds, I mean, any transplant sounds excruciatingly painful, but it's something about bone marrow that sounds like very painful. I'm interested in knowing what this looks like for the future, because when we have these types of conversations, I do put my tinfoil hat on with my conspiracy as far as like I because I personally do believe that there is a cure out there. But Big Pharma won't allow people access to it. That's just my own. Well, personal... I want to know what my, Dr. Michael Sag thinks of that. <laughs> That's my own personal theory. But I want to know what this looks like if there's four people that have been cured uh, from HIV. What does this look like for the future with people who have HIV? Well, a couple of points real quick. You're right. A uh, bone marrow transplant is a, is a huge deal. And it's not only potentially painful, it's also pretty dangerous because when the process of knocking out the immune system before the transplant happens, that individual is very vulnerable to infections. And if they get any kind of infection, they could die because they've lost their host defense. Mm. So, it, it, so to everybody who's not needing it for cancer, you'd never put somebody at in that harm's way that way. You wouldn't put them at that risk. So you're right about that. As far as uh, what it means, I think, number one, 
it's proof of concept. It's the fourth case now that proves that our concept about how HIV exists in the body is true, that everything I started the conversation with, that these cells are infected, the long-lived cells, and you've got to eradicate them. So to get rid of those cells short of a bone marrow transplant, we need to find other ways to target those cells specifically and then eradicate them. And that's been a tall order for the last 40 years. We haven't gotten there yet, but a lot of people are working hard to make that happen. So with this said, is it possible to make this work even if someone doesn't have leukemia because he was treating his leukemia and then this was also able to happen? Well, yes, you could do it, but it's too risky. It's too dangerous. And I wouldn't, I mean, people are getting along pretty darn well uh, taking, yeah, they have to take a pill every day, but a lot of us take pills every day for high blood pressure or cholesterol Mm -hmm. or that type of thing. So, yeah, we're having to treat HIV and keep it from replicating. But to put somebody at that kind of risk where they could die just simply from the procedure, I don't think it's ethically valid. possible. Mm, I remember, um, according to ABC News, rather, in 2021, uh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved the first long-acting injectable drug for HIV prevention. Hmm. Um, Does that have anything to do with, because I know that this is very, um, this has layers to it with stem cells and possible like chemotherapy, you know, similar treatment. How does this, how does the injectable drug to to help with HIV prevention play a factor into this, if any at all? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it doesn't play a factor in the cure, but it is more convenient for a lot of patients to get something that they take once every two months, and they don't have to think about taking a pill every day. And that's especially ho- helpful in prevention. But the drugs that are used for that are very, very similar to drugs that we use as antiretroviral therapy. In fact, they are antiretroviral drugs that are injected, and they prevent the infection upon exposure. And so that's great news, but it's not a cure. It's a prevention. And for those people who are HIV infected and take the injectable, it works exactly the same way that the pills do and is no different with regard to cure. Okay, well, uh, that was Dr. Michael Sag, Professor of Medicine, Director at the UAB Center for AIDS Research. Thank you again. We really appreciate it. Good to be back with you guys. Yes, have a great weekend. Well, next up, 22 states are suing the USDA, and it could impact your queer kids. Find out why next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. A federal program run by the United States Department of Agriculture school meal program that prohibits the discrimination uh, based on sexual orientation and gender identity has been challenged in a lawsuit that was filed earlier this week. Here to help us break some of that down is the editor at large at the L.A. Blade, Brody Levesque. Hi, Brody. Hey, how are you? Actually, I'm just the editor at large used to be the case now i'm basically large for my staff how are you guys okay thank you for the correction thank you brody (laughs) doing pretty well on this friday so i have to know what are Mm -hmm. what exactly are the nuances of this lawsuit because it doesn't seem ethical at all there's two components to it um as you know the biden administration uh has been effectively turning back anti-lgbtq uh, executive orders and actions and rules that were implemented by the previous administration. As part of that, they've also been adding to and making more robust Title IX protections and other protections for LGBTQ uh, plus identifying 
uh, students uh, and folks within uh, the different systems. As part of that, the U.S. Department of Agriculture had sent out another rule that basically strengthened that if a school system is receiving federal dollars for their USDA school lunch programs, they're not able to uh, pick and choose. And they have to fall within the guidelines as specified when it comes down to no discrimination against sexual orientation or gender identity. What the 22 states are arguing in their federal lawsuit is that the Biden White House does not have the right to tell these states how or why or where or when to enforce what they see as a state educational issue. And that's really the crux of it. Now, this lawsuit is more or less piggybacked onto some previous lawsuits that this same group of states and states attorneys general have filed in the same U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Tennessee. And those lawsuits are aimed at similar structures, only they're going after the trans uh, youth in terms of sports, bathrooms, things like Mm -hmm. that. So there's similarity between the two suits. In this particular lawsuit, uh, Tennessee Attorney General Herbert Slatery is leading this coalition. And... Basically, and and I'll just paraphrase it, the state's argument and the complaints, okay, is going to force the states and schools to adopt an unlawful application of the SCOTUS decision in Bostick versus Clayton. Now, Bostick versus Clayton was a landmark decision by the high court upholding the fact that you could not discriminate against gender identity and sexual. You guys know all that. So basically, essentially... This rule was an extension of that. Slater and the others are arguing, no, sorry, hold up, you can't do that. Okay. okay. So is it like, as, you know, Gavin Newsom posted this on Twitter, so 20 mm-hmm. Republican attorneys general have filed a lawsuit arguing LGBTQ children should starve. Is that what this lawsuit is saying, or is he just politicizing it? The governor of California is making a pointed rhetorical criticism aimed directly at Republicans. Um, You know, if you want to use the word politicizing it, it was already political before it was even filed. So I I don't think California's governor is doing anything outside of the ordinary in terms of the way that the Democratic leadership looks at it. I mean, that's like a a great way to describe this. Like inherently, the lawsuit is basically saying that they get to discriminate and like not feed LGBTQ kids. That's fair to say. I mean, at the end of the day, you're not wrong. This is exactly the problem. It's again, going back to the lawsuit that they filed a year ago with the Education Department. The argument here were they to succeed, would strip away our very existence because it would mean an erasure. So what is the likelihood of, of something like this going to pass? Like, what, it, what, what is the projected future if this goes through? Um, well, okay, I, let me take you to the other one. Um, there was an injunction issued on the first suit. And the guy that issued it was a U.S. District Court judge by the name of Charles Ashley Jr. He's a Trump appointee. He was appointed to that bench. 
actually issued a temporary injunction against the other one. The likelihood of him issuing another injunction in this case is probably pretty strong. Uh, that essentially will translate to suspension of implementation of the rules by the USDA in terms of the next step. Yeah. Okay. The next step is going to be a circuit court, and sadly, it is the 11th Circuit, and they are really conservative. Oh, great. So you think this is going to actually pass, and then they could just, yeah, like... Well, it's not legislation, so there's not a pass or fail. What it is is that we call rulings, opinions, and if it would get upheld. Should the district court and the challenge go through to the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, then chances are they would uphold it. I'll tell you right now, that thing would get fast-tracked to SCOTUS. You saw what just took place with Roe v. Wade. Yeah, that and, and we're still recovering from that. But you know what, Brody Levesque, I want to thank you for joining us today. Again, that was mm-hmm. Brody Levesque, editor at L.A. Blade. Coming up, which generation thinks they should get the highest salary? I wonder who that is. Stick around and find out coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. There's one generation who uh, needs a higher salary than others, and I want to know which generation you think it is. Mm. Mm. It can't be boomers. Can't be what are they? Gen? What, what is it? Generation X. Which one's yeah. Generation X again? That's the one the Spice Girls were singing about in Spice oh, World. Oh yeah, that's under boomers. The ones before, yeah. And then there's millennials, and, and then, then there's, there's Gen, Gen Z. Z. And then I heard that under Gen Z, they're called Gen Alpha, Generation Alpha. So I guess are we about to go into the Greek alphabet yeah, now? Alpha, Beta, probably. Gamma, Delta. Yep. Generation Delta. Mm-hmm. You know, ep, Generation Epsilon. It's be like a frat house. Yeah. Or a sorority <laughs> exactly. house. But yeah. So. It seems like Gen Z, people born after 1997, they said they needed the highest salary of all generations to feel financially secure. Uh, So the average age is 18 to 25. They are seeking 171,633 in an annual salary to stay afloat. And it's actually, yeah, higher than all the other generations. Baby boomers actually said that they only needed an average of 78000 to live. Yeah, and you want to know why? Because college tuition was $400 a semester when boomers were... And I'm saying that as a gross exaggeration, but the, the an irrefutable fact is that the cost of living, the cost of taking care yeah. of yourself, even if you are a single childless person, is bonkers right now. So I totally understand the demands of Gen and, Z. And the question is, there's you know nuances to this. If you're a baby boomer, if you already own a house... You don't need to live off a lot, right? And it was easier to buy a house. The economy was booming when the babies were booming. I also think in general, (laughs) there is this feeling like there's a lot to keep up with to get what you want as this younger generation, right? You have social media, you're keeping up with your looks, your uh, outfits. Well, yeah, that definitely plays a role into it because I think back to like my mother and father, they weren't exposed to that. If they wanted to see a classmate or something, they went to a reunion or people sent Christmas cards or postcards. It's something to be said about having access to your entire, you know, high school class or everyone you went to college with or every colleague, former, past or present, at the touch of a phone and and then also people you admire like yeah. influencers like well yeah. that's the thing a lot of times also you want to show off where you're going so you're probably going out to eat more you're probably going to travel yep. more yep. There, like there's more expectations and I also think there's this idea which is you know everything has a 
pro and con to it. So the, the pro is the ability that that generation feels like they want to live the life of their dreams, which they deserve. The we con of it is it. that the con of it is that it takes you know a lot to live the life of your dreams. It can't. Well, yeah, sometimes. people. People. Yeah, even you know. Yeah, that it's, comes at a price. It takes a lot to a keep lottery. up with that. It's a lottery. People want to live their dreams, but, but there many are called, few are chosen. Here's the thing. <laughs> Bo- let's talk about savings, though. It the reverse happened. Boomers said they needed over seven hundred sixty-four thousand in savings to feel financially healthy. Gen Z said they only needed a hundred thousand dollars. So it's like maybe they're spending more, not saving more. They're not seeing. They're, it's more of like living life now, right? They're yeah. not thinking about the future. Yeah. Well, I mean, times have changed. We've seen people, you know, work at Ms. Mr. Sweetelson's shop for 27 years and then get a an anniversary watch upon retirement. And even the landscape of work has changed, right? Like yeah. boomers ha- do do things like that where they will work at a company for, like I said, 27 years. And millennials and Gen Z, we're more, more pr- prone to bounce around. Give yeah. a job a few years and then you're on to the next. We're It's very rare that you find someone that's like, I've been working here since I was 18 and now I'm 36. That's like fascinating 18 to 25 expecting almost $180,000 a the cost of living is I ridiculous I mean that's the thing but like I remember when I started out you know it's just like I think that by your maybe you know late 20s you were at maybe 100k you know what well, I mean see, 30. This, is, this is the thing we should note that this is what they desire there's no guarantee that because even our most of our median salaries for our age group a lot of my peers don't don't earn that. Yeah, and if yeah. they do, it's sporadic. It's not co- co- consistent. Mm, it's yeah, like based yeah. on totally. a gig by gig basis, totally. you know. Anyway. So, yeah, it's very rare that you come across like you're maxed out on your salary or what's expected, what you're expected to be paid based on these polls and statistics. Wow. A lot of us are just trying to make it from Monday to Tuesday. Totally. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, next up, more of what's trending. And Will Smith is finally speaking out about, you know, that slap, what he said. And it's your report next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yes, we're back. Thanks for hanging out with us on this lovely Friday. More music coming up. Renaissance Day. Yes. That's what I'm calling today. And again, happy birthday, Ryan. Yes, that too. Ryan is out celebrating his birthday. We're celebrating with him. The host of the show. Exactly. That Ryan. Co-host, Ryan Mitchell. Shar is here, of course, in Mm -hmm. the studio. Looking fabulous. Getting ready for her, her Mexico trip. Yes, I wasn't going to tell people where I was going, oh. but thanks, Shira. I thought you had. Um, then we talked about it on air. No, we didn't. I'll we be there t- too. We talked about I'm throwing being it gone. out there. But yeah, I'm very excited to get the heck out of Los Angeles and put oh, yeah. work down for a minute. In, I'm unplugging from everything. That's what I'm most looking forward to. I out of office yeah. email already set. Oh, <laughs> I'm just I'm ready to go. <laughs> I I'm, I'm I don't have my regular schedule. Obviously, not here and calls there is like one or two things that nope. i'd like yeah it's not good you know but maybe not maybe i'm gonna just check out let it all go i'll still be going live on friday oh it there you go well, i think i'm gonna do it with breakfast with my friends oh, cute. Involve a little, them little in, drink in yeah or not i all don't right. know <laughs> well coming up the impacts of long covid specifically on trans and non-binary folks what we've recently learned in 15 minutes plus will smith is finally speaking up about that slap and responding to fans. Mm. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Survivors of 9-11 and their family members today blasted former President Donald Trump and pro golfers for participating in the Saudi-backed golf event at the Trump National Golf Club in Bedminster, New Jersey this week. And, of course, what do you think Trump had to say about it? What do you say to those family members who prost- protested earlier this week and will be doing so again on Friday? Well, nobody's gotten to the bottom of 9-11, unfortunately, and they should have, as to the maniacs that did that horrible thing to our city, to our country, to the world. So nobody's really been there, but I can tell you that uh, there are a lot of really great people that are out here today, and we're going to have a lot of fun, and we're going to celebrate, and money's going to charity. A lot of money's going to charity. And you have really the best players in the world, yeah. many of the best players in the world, and soon you'll probably have all of them. Divert, uh, divert. Uh, you know, Trump pulling an Alex Jones there saying that, you know, I mean, he's, didn't he's happen. speaking to his base. They like, love a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir. He's trash. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. He, oh, he gets under my skin. Go ahead, Shira. Andy Bashir 
from Kentucky said a lot of people remain unaccounted for amid devastating flooding. The official death toll uh, stands at 16. Bashir called it one of the worst, most devastating floods in the state's history, said he anticipates this will be one of the deadliest flood uh, floods in Kentucky in a very long time. The flooding hit Kentucky late Wednesday, pounding the state with two to five inches of rain. Yeah, the pictures that are coming out, it's just devastating. Louis, yeah, I didn't even know any of this was happening until I watched the news. And yeah. I was like, whoa. It's crazy, yeah. Like people are having swim from, the, and it hit Vegas too. Yeah. I saw water coming from the slot machines. Like Vegas got hit really bad as well. And I was like, where have I been? Have I been this unplugged that I missed this? There's just so much going on. It's falling apart in the world. It's hard to keep up, unfortunately. Yes. Finally, Michigan Supreme Court has ruled that businesses, landlords, and others cannot discriminate based on sexual orientation or gender identity, even though the state's civil rights legislation doesn't specifically mention those categories. The landmark 5-2 to two decision establishes that the bans on discrimination on the basis of sex in the state's uh, 1976 Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act. So, What know. gets me about when these things happen, and I know we got to yeah. go really quickly, is who's doing the policing, right? So if I get discriminated against under housing for being black and trans... Who's to say that that's the issue? Like, how do I proceed with litigation if the landlord's just like, no, I just didn't picture? Oh, yeah, like, usually you go to an ACLU probably or Lambda Legal, like, or you go to the state. But then the hope is that the state actually takes on the case. And it, but uh, but I'm saying, how through. do you prove that? If I don't blatantly oh, yeah. say that I'm not renting to Shira because she's a white woman, how exactly. then can you pr- like totally. who's, who's it, doing the policing? It's, it's difficult. Yeah. It's difficult. Yeah. yeah. All right. But it's nice to have these things in place, exactly. but it's just frustrating that we're still talking about this in 2022. Totally. Let's move on to the tea report Do you yes. remember where you were at the end of March when the slap around the world was heard and seen? I know where I was at. That doesn't even seem like it happened this year to it's me. Weird. It doesn't yeah. even seem, it seemed like it happened like last Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Nevertheless, Will Smith took to Instagram in an emotional apology video for the Oscar slap. And take a listen to some of what he had to say. It's, 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 it's all fuzzy. I've reached out to Chris and the, mes- the message that came back is that uh, he's not ready to talk. And when he is, he will reach out. So I will, I will say to you, Chris, I apologize to you. Uh, my behavior was unacceptable and I'm here whenever you're ready to talk. We love accountability. The full video is on Will Smith's Instagram. And he did answer some fan questions. Like someone asked, why didn't he apologize to Chris Rock in his, you know, best actor speech? And he said he was fogged out at that point. It's all fuzzy. People even asked him, did Jada Pinkett Smith, his wife, ask him to go up there? And he's like, no. He apologized to Jada as well. He apologized to Chris Rock's mother. And it's totally understandable that Chris Rock is not ready to talk to this man, right? Like, Will Smith humiliated him on a stage in front of the world. Like, humiliated him where Chris Rock will never be able to escape this. This will be a meme for the rest of his life. He has two daughters. They're going to have to deal with this for the rest of their lives, seeing their father being assaulted. So, But I am glad that Will took accountability and apologized. It's nice to see as someone who's followed his journey. And hopefully he will set up a good example, a healthy example for other cisgender heterosexual men to be accountable and also be vulnerable. And it's okay to apologize. So, I mean, he's a living, breathing example. And, and that, I tip my hat to Wilson. Yeah, Smith. and that someone could do something wrong and like that is not necessarily the best response. We should not define people by their worst moments. That's what there they said go. on The View this morning. I love that. That's the T-Report for this hour. You want to stick around because I got more coming up for you next hour. But coming up next... 
And Char says so. Yes. Shira, what would you do? You you have a man. What would you do if your man told you happy birthday, but went down a list giving you backhanded compliments? I was like, went compliments. down where? Okay. Went down a list <laughs> giving you backhanded compliments in oh. his post. Hmm. We're going to talk about that coming up next and get Shira's mind out of the gutter. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Earlier this week, the internet had a field day dragging this podcast host, and, oh. and he's also a writer, and he's also an alleged life coach. His name is Solomon Bucci, and his fiance's name is Adioli, Adiola Ariki. Okay? Oh, okay. Oh, yes. I think they're South African. They're either South or West Ooh. African. Nevertheless, he got dragged, and I'm going to tell you why, Shira. I want to know how you would okay. respond to this. So he did, it a, to me. he did a touching post to his fiance. I teased with birthday, but it was not her birthday. I think it was just acknowledging her. Yeah. And this is how it started out. You're not the most beautiful woman. Neither are you the most intelligent woman. But I've chosen to never find perfection in anyone else. I put my gaze on you. <laughs> and like with that commitment, we would mold ourselves for ourselves. Yeah. Our perfection is in our commitment. Now, he went on to say, stating that you're not the most beautiful slash intelligent might, sa- uh, might sound like it's not a compliment. Yeah, but it's a realistic base for love. I'll stop there. I want to know your thoughts on this because a lot of people, like I said, the Internet has been dragging him. Um, I have my thoughts. Interested in knowing your thoughts as as someone who is partnered. Yeah. If you were to have receive a social media post or be tagged in a social media post like this or akin to this. Oh, the fact that he put it on blast or if uh, the, he did that, that was like Messenger sending it to her privately. I mean, even if you got it privately, <laughs> what what do you think? I was like, what? Uh, I think that I get his intention. Like, I think that when you have a conversation with someone you know, you know you're going to get old and not be, like, as hot and young as you are. So it's, like, this idea of, like, I love you no matter, like, you know, how young you are and how hot you are. Like, I'll be with you for no matter what. But, like, the way he approached it was just the wrong way, probably. Because, you know, in the end of someone, even if someone isn't, quote-unquote, traditionally whatever, I believe if you're really in love, like, in your eyes, like, there is so much beauty inside and out. Right. So this person does obviously doesn't know how to pay someone a compliment. Or well, I mean, someone. aside from that, let's just address the fact that this was wholly unnecessary. He could have said what he needed to say without addressing. Like I would have issue if this came to me per, uh, like, like privately. But it's even worse when it's on the world That's stage of meant. Instagram. Well, yeah, like, so but if yeah. a guy sent me this text message and it was worded like this, there would be an issue. If I opened a card and read that, there I would have I w- an issue with that. I would say, uh, yeah, you need to go to therapy and learn how to like acknowledge someone. Not even therapy. <laughs> you need to go to an English class because, like I said, that wasn't not even necessary. Now, I do want to say that Adiola took to her Instagram and she said these past few days have been intense, adding, so if I were to say that Solomon is not the most handsome handsome or the most intelligent man would that make us even now here's my problem with her response because patriarchy would not allow her to do this the way she'd probably be receiving death threats like when we look at things like this she would have not been in a position they would have called her a gold digger they would have it would have been 10 times more toxic if she had said you're not the most intelligent or the most handsome well no, but- here, this is what i think the double standard is i think you do that for a guy yeah if someone's really rich you're like oh you're a gold digger but if you say it, you're like oh not he's even probably- if he's really rich there's guys that work at walmart who are afraid of and that's no dig at walmart but who are afraid of this you know proverbial gold digger like you got so some nerve here is here's the thing i 
I think if you said to uh, someone like, you know, my my person, my man, he's not hot, he's not that smart, but he's my man, he'd be like, oh, that's so cute. You're such a, like, but because you say it to a woman, there is a lot around that. The way that you talk to a woman, like, it just like, it becomes more of, yeah, you're kind of like not appreciating her. I disagree. I think that if you're talking to friends around the lunch table and you say that, it would be received differently. But if she were to write that because you can't pick up on inflection, like how you just had your yeah. inflection, like, oh, you're not the most. If people are reading that, they would have dragged her even worse than they dragged They'd him. They'd be like, yeah, why are you with him then? They would have what dragged. Yeah. So I, you know, like I said, this has sparked a lot of conversation. And the hill that I'm willing to die on is that his approach was not necessary. He could have said... You never lead with something that can be negative. perceived as negative. You never yeah. do that. And that would make me feel personally, that would make me feel like crap. It's an eye roll moment. Because I know I'm not the most beautiful. I know that there are people that are smarter than me. Everyone. There's like, that is like an infinity thing. But like I don't need you as my find. partner to affirm that. I don't need no. you to give me like, I don't, like I'm realistic. There are prettier <laughs> girls than me. There are smarter girls than me. But to write that, I just, mm, it puts a bad taste in my mouth. I don't like it. At not one bit he needs to go to a love letter writing class that's something he should have said or kept within his tight close-knit group of friends at the barber shop or whatever that's not anything that you make public or like i said even privately and now it's gonna be awkward at their wedding isn't it mm, if they right? make it down the aisle who's to say <laughs> social media is on them right now you know they what if she gets influenced not to walk down the aisle with this guy and i granted i shouldn't mention that the point of his post according to him was to show that love is not perfect he's looking for a realistic base for love which there are ways to to iron that out and to say that but leading with you're not the most beautiful woman neither are you the most intelligent <laughs> it sounds like he has what right it's like he literally doesn't have emotional social intelligence <laughs> like his eq uh, is not there like most men exactly um well that is Lessons what says so for this week let us you let us know and granted his if you all want to go take a look at the post it's still up on his instagram his name is he, solomon still up solomon underscore Bucci, B-U-C-H-I. Let us know what you think. Let Shira and I know what you think because I might be tripping, but Shira might be tripping. Okay. All right. Next up, long COVID is actually more common in trans and bisexual people. Find out why next. Great. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. So we've talked about long COVID before, but now there are studies coming out that say that compared to, you know, 5% of cisgender men, 9% of cisgender women, 12% of trans adults, it's like pretty much double in the USA, they are currently experiencing long COVID symptoms, and 14% 
bisexual adults in the U.S. are living with post-COVID conditions as well, compared to 7% straight and 5% of gay or lesbian adults. So uh, this is really showing that overall bisexual and trans people, um, their long COVID um, is more common. And the reasons why are actually pretty complicated. Mm -hmm. Joining us right now is Mal Griffiths, an independent journalist who wrote a story on this for them. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate being here. Yes, I appreciate you. Well, tell us why this is such a complicated thing and why we're seeing this. Yeah, so uh, these uh, results come from a U.S. Census Bureau uh, survey. It's called the Pulse Household Survey or Household Pulse Survey. And they get kind of a quick snapshot um, every few weeks. And this was the first time that we had long COVID uh, that was on uh, this survey. And it found really shocking results. So, yeah, like you were saying, there's a a large rise between um, trans and bisexual adults. Um, And this is mostly coming down to uh, larger healthcare disparities. So there's nothing um, inherent about being queer or trans that predisposes people to chronic illness like long COVID. Um, But there's a big interlocking network of structural healthcare disparities that queer and trans people face. Um, such as lower access to doctors, stigma, um, as well as healthcare. Um, so this is one reason why we think they um, it might be showing these higher rates um, along among uh, trans and bi adults. I'm puzzled by this uh, as. As I think that it is very important that, you know, we don't conflate gender and sexuality. I don't see even with this study being done with respect to this. I do have your article pulled up. Um, I don't see how these two things are related. Does this does the study explain that? Because bisexuality has nothing and everything to do with transness, depending (laughs) on who you are. So one's a gender, one's a sexuality. How how is this meshing for this study? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, it's super complex. So a lot of the experts I spoke with um, explained to me that there are heightened um, stress and stigma associated with uh, being bisexual. Um, they experience worse, worse uh, health outcomes overall than gay and lesbian people. Really? And this is the same for trans people. Yeah. Um, and they often, you know, extreme, uh, can experience just outright discrimination and stigma from healthcare providers. So these, uh, inequities that we're seeing in these uh, survey can create fertile ground for uh, chronic illness and disability, mm-hmm. um, which are two factors that put people at higher risk of long COVID. Yeah. It, also in the article, you said that people with long COVID um, in the in the queer community and trans uh, bisexual adults, um, you know, the community is more used to responding to health emergencies like HIV and AIDS epidemic. And that changes how they're responding to long COVID or aware of it? Exactly. Yeah. So there might be, um, yeah, just sort of a pre-existing, there's some pre-existing networks of um, AIDS activists activists and other chronic illness activists that might've, you know, sort of informed the queer community and trans community um, and might make them more aware of of long COVID um, and its outcomes. Hmm. That's so interesting. So what does this look like moving forward? Do we see an end in sight with these numbers or is there any way that, you know, this study suggests that it can be combated? Yeah. So uh, the activists I spoke with and the advocates um, work 
they're calling for a lot more research. This is um, this is one survey. It's sort of updated every few weeks, um, but they would like to see very extensive data, um, not just into uh, bi and trans people who have long COVID, but everyone who has long COVID. Um, there have not been enough resources and research put into this um, from the federal government. Um, and other advocates are calling to put more uh, queer uh, healthcare workers in long COVID clinics, as well as informing LGBTQ health clinics um, about the risks of long COVID so that they can identify it uh, sooner. Okay. Well, uh, thank you so much. That was Mal Griffiths, independent journalist. Check out uh, their article about this in them.us. Thank you again. Thanks so much. Take care. All right. Next up, the struggles of having a weird name, what this one woman is sharing about her own experience. Next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. This woman is... This woman is sharing her weird name struggles with the world. She talks about how when she orders coffee, the baristas can't understand her name because it's just so weird. Do you want to know what her name is? Yeah. Star. Star. How Star do you mess is- that up? There's one word named Star. Well, actually, her name is Star Anise, which I believe is a seasoning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a herb. Nevertheless, uh, this is this what, Yeah, story. you could just say Star. Of course, people are not going to know how to spell. It's like a, a first name, middle name thing. But no, she does just say Star, but her Star has two R's in it. I know. So you don't so need no it perfectly one's... written. You get the point. As yeah. long as they say it out loud in the right way. I was about to say, this isn't a hard name, sweetie. Like, cry me a river. There are people with uh with way more you know acrobatic names and when i say acrobatic i mean for the tongue to pronounce um where people have to you know write their name out phonetically and they get all different types of things you know what even you know jared hill who used to be here at channel q as a host yeah uh jared gets so many different iterations of his names he'll, he'll post sure. them to, to twitter oh yes I've his seen name that. is j-a-r-r-e-t-t yeah but sometimes he'll get j-a-r-e-d yeah or g you know there's so all many that. different things Char, they don't really mess up when I go to to get my name on things. The only thing that I'll get yeah. is Char with a C. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like Sharing, like and uh, that is like me. Oh, like that makes char. me violently angry. Uh, for me, I uh, <laughs> yeah, they have issues with my names, which is why I and I've talked about this on the show before. I have my go-to Starbucks name, which is Sam. It's easy. No one messes up Sam. But then now these days, like they'll look at your credit card, and then I'm like, no, that is my credit card. I didn't steal someone else's credit card. Although I feel like these days they don't ask anything because they might think oh that's your nickname or maybe that's your another name yeah like when I first moved to LA I used to spend a lot of time at Universal City Walk you know broke unemployed walking around you know just looking at Wolfgang Puck's restaurant I went to the Starbucks there I'll never forget this speaking of renaissance and when they called they didn't ask my name but when they called out my order the what was on the cup and the name that they said was Yonsei <laughs> oh, I love that. Actually, that, that ha- was so funny to me. Similar story <laughs> happened to me. I was going, I went to Starbucks and I got, and he wrote Gaga on it. Oh, really? Because he thought, because this guy was like, you just remind me of Lady Gaga. I've told you that before. And you do too. Yeah. That you- was a fun one. Otherwise, yeah, they don't usually know how to pronounce my name or, I mean, write it out. It's well, like Sherry, and- Shira. In this case, Star Cry Me a River, you know, in the name of Lakeisha. And in the name of, you know, other people who have more spicier names, cry me a river, Miss Star Anise. 
Like, Let, yeah, really, life can be much worse <laughs> or much different. You know, names. I I love the uniqueness of names. As a matter of fact, since we were just talking about Beyonce and the name of the Beyonces of the world, because you know people are now naming their children Beyonce. Cry me a river. Wow. Imagine what Beyonce had to go through before she was Beyonce and having to explain to people like it's how do cool you think name. people were spelling her name? Well, please, like that's awkward <laughs> to call. I mean, I, I feel like you can't call your kid Beyonce. It's too too oh, much of a big name. And there it, are tons of people who have named it, their children. Now, Beyonce. reminds me of someone like I don't know why Madonna came up imagine calling a baby Madonna like that's weird there are tons of you people who have named their children Madonna <laughs> and Beyonce I just hope that the kids live it up live up to the I mean, name come on. <laughs> okay uh, coming up after this more of what's trending including could Shakira be going to jail Lord have mercy yeah, more next let's go there with Shira and Ryan channel Q welcome back to the show more music coming up right here on channel Q it is Shira Ryan Mitchell is out celebrating his birthday he's golden 29 yes. on the 29th well we're here doing the work because he deserves a break yeah and Shara is here joining me as always yep yep on Renaissance Friday as I'm calling it's it. a good day yeah it is we're almost out of here <laughs> it's true, and we're almost at happy hour time. Hope you're enjoying a little happy hour wherever you are. Uh, coming up on the show in 15 minutes, have you ever been ghosted or a uh, the ghostie? Well, how that's actually linked to mental health. Mm. Stick around for that convo. Uh, plus, Shakira, is she going to be going to jail? Yeah, Girl. I mean, that's in the tear report in a moment. It is a pretty wild story that's coming up soon. Seems like it. Let's get into some what's trending this hour right now. A new CNN poll finds 75% of Democratic and Democratic-leaning voters want the party to nominate someone other than President Joe Biden in the 2024 election. Representative Dean Phillips appears to be the first sitting congressional Democrat to publicly say Biden shouldn't run for re-election in 2024. Here he is. Do you want Joe Biden to run in 2024? Because the number of Democrats who don't is staggeringly high. I have, I have respect for Joe Biden. Uh, I think he has despite some mistakes and some missteps, uh, despite his age. Uh, I think he's a man of, of decency, of good principle, uh, of compassion, of empathy, uh, and of strength. But to answer your question directly, which I know is quite rare, Chad, uh, no, I don't. I think the country would be well served by a new generation of compelling, well-prepared, dynamic Democrats uh, to step up. Oh, well, the question is, who would it be? I guess only time will tell. I, I can kind of see both sides of this, yeah, honestly. I don't even know. No, I don't know, know who any Democratic frontrunners would be. I can tell you Republican frontrunners. Yes, totally. Um, and projections, but I don't know what the Democrats are going to yeah. do. Hmm. Uh, moving on to Senator Susan Collins. Maybe Gavin Newsom. Oh, yeah, that. we keep. I wouldn't mind Gavin I don't, Newsom. You say that every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So back to Senator Susan Collins, who said that a climate bill that the Democrats want to pass in the Senate could spell doom for the Respect for Marriage Act, saying, I just think the timing could not have been worse, and it came totally out of the blue. Has it? None of it's come out of the blue. <laughs> come on. She argued that the negotiations between Joe Manchin and Chuck Schumer on the Inflation Reduction Act were kept under wraps until another bill about computer chips passed the Senate, and that makes it harder for unexplained reasons to vote to support marriage equality. Are you out of your mind? Shut the... I mean, I can't. This is now just proving to us very publicly that it's all a game. 
I mean, yeah, it is. It's nothing but political gaslighting. Yeah. That's why I've mostly checked out. I think I'm just running on autopilot right now. And I have been for at least the past, like, two months, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> I can't emotionally afford to invest in the in the news because it's going to really just make me lose my mind. Yeah, the fact that they're using people's lives, lives as bait for, like, pushing other things through, mm-hmm. it's just mad. Now, the Biden administration authorized completion of the Trump-funded U.S.-Mexico border wall in an open area of southern Arizona near Yuma, where four wide gaps make it among the busiest corridors for illegal crossings. The Department of Homeland Security said that the work to complete the project will better protect migrants who get hurt slipping down a slope or drown walking through a low section of the Colorado River. Oh, that sounds terrible. However, we could still use health care. I just question where... Who is deciding the fiscal decisions of this country? Like, there are people that are still homeless, still hungry. Well, they just need to have... (laughs) I personally think, and I don't know, this maybe the way it it is working, it just doesn't seem like it, you would have heads of each division. Kamala was supposed to be the head of Homeland Security, even though there is a head of Homeland Security, but she was supposed to head up this whole migrant issue. You would have heads, and they're each pitching, and they're like, this is what we need to solve it. Where can we land on the budget? Who's who's then deciding these budgets? And then it's, of course... Well, it's... I think we have more pressing issues. That was what's trending this hour. Yeah. What's happening in entertainment? Oh, my gosh. So, Shakira, there's a prosecutor, a Spanish prosecutor that wants Shakira to do more than eight years in prison for tax evasion, okay? Now, listen. This person, this prosecutor is accusing Shakira uh, of failing to pay taxes between 2012 and 2014, a period in which Shakira says she did not live in Spain. Now, the prosecutor's document asserts that Shira was, uh, says Shira, Shakira <laughs> was or, an ordinarily resident of Spain between 2012 and 2014. And in May 2012, she bought a house in Barcelona, which became a family home for herself, her partner, and her son, which was born in Spain in September 2013. Now, they're asking for an eight-year prison sentence and a fine of more than 23 million euros, which converts to 23.5 million U.S. dollars, okay? (laughs) Should she be found guilty? No trial has been set. Shakira's lawyers have tried to, you know, they, they offered a settlement. She was apparently offered a settlement from prosecutors this week, but turned it down. It's unclear the terms of the proposed settlement. Now, before we get out of here, because I know I'm pressed for time, I do want to say that Shakira's reps say that she has already paid what she owes in taxes, plus $3 million in interest. So I don't know. They say she's fully abided by the law and she's demonstrated impeccable conduct as an individual and as a taxpayer. I'm scared, girl. The hips don't lie, but maybe the sale bars do. I knew there was going to be a hips joke in I, there. I don't want... I like Shakira. I do. This is weird and I hope it's it's not going to happen. That would suck for And I know her that and... actions have consequences, but I think I'm more shocked because normally celebrities can weasel themselves out by utilizing their privilege. No, tax so stuff that... No, people don't mess with tax stuff. Well, I know, but it's interesting to see a prosecutor Prosecutor so gung ho on oh, like, totally. oh girl, you're going to prison. Shakira specifically. Eight years and two months. I want you in prison. Yeah, but wild. that's the tier report for this hour. You want to stick around because I got more coming up for you next hour. Well, next up, how is ghosting linked to mental health? The a conversation you're not going to want to ghost. Girl. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. How big is your social circle, Shira? I have oh. a cough drop in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have a pretty big one, including like my my closer friends, my work friends, yeah, etc. Yeah, I got a healthy group too. But check this out: a new survey finds that the average adult has ten good friends, including one childhood pal. 
that they've known since the age of six. I wonder how they came to this conclusion. But there was a survey of 2,000 people in the United Kingdom in specifically. Um, it was commissioned by Disney that discovered... Uh, you know, over 2,000 nights out of people's lifetime. Like, they studied this throughout the course of friendships. Mm -hmm. And so they also spend 39,000 hours laughing and share 630 secrets with their closest what? companions. How do you even... Yeah, I, I'm interested to know how like, they Like, how did they this. pull this? Like, do they... I mean, uh, they obviously... If they followed them and they said to, like, every day recount something... I don't know. <laughs> But That's let's have strange. a conversation because you count your romantic partner as your friend. Bri yeah. Tell me why. Well, I think that who you're with should also be your friend. They're your lover. They're your everything. They well, encompass get, a lot of different things. Well, I don't know about your everything. That might be toxic. But um, <laughs> <laughs> It's romantic. I, to I totally Char. get what you're saying. But when I think like close friends, okay, I, I after you broke that down, it makes sense. I have about seven here in L.A. I have a group yeah. called S Club 5. Okay. And we is call like the new pop group? No, 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 no. This is the group chat. And the only reason why we have this name is because all of our mother's names start with the letter S. So we're S Club wow. 5. It's Sharon, Chalet, Shannon, Samantha, and Sabrina. That's amazing. And so, uh, yeah. And then, like, when I think of friends, I think of two things. I have different friends for different things. Yeah. That's the first thing. And then for two, you know, people who you can call in case of emergency, people who you want to celebrate, people whose apartments you can go over and wrap a throw blanket around your waist. And like pass out sleepover and and cry yeah or celebrate like that's what I think about a friend yeah. a safe space where I can lay my burdens down so I have a lot of good associates in LA totally. tons but when I think of like friends it's about seven people that yeah. come to mind same with me here where I live like you know now in my adult life but yeah if you add in my friends from back home it it, it adds up to ten probably okay. even if I don't talk to them a lot do you These still have a childhood friend like the study suggests. I do. Actually, a lot of, yeah, a lot of my friends, we were in kindergarten together, elementary school together, high school together. Really? Yeah. I only have one in Montreal. that I'm still friends with. There's been a lot of transitions in life. No yeah. pun intended. I mean, like, it's not like we're, be like, talking all the time, but it's one of those things, like, I think we got through the hump after, um, after high school. You know, there was a certain point. I feel point, like mid-20s. Or no, mid-20s, like, <laughs> college and mid-20s, and mm -hmm. then there's a certain point where people start getting married, you go to weddings, kids, and, like, you kind of come back, and you realize there's something really special about knowing someone from way back. I will say I'm most more recently reconnecting with my group of girlfriends from college because yeah. so many of them, I went to college in Oklahoma, and so so many of my girlfriends are Southern girls, and the culture there is to get, like, by the time we were 28, the girls had, like, a husband and two kids. That's not the lifestyle that I lead here in Los Angeles as a single woman about the city. Yeah. And so we're starting to, to reconnect, and there's never been any bad blood or anything, just life gets to life in. You know, that's the one stage of life that I have that I don't have any close friends from college because I flew through college in two years and I was like for uh, oh, for one like semester for one semester <laughs> um, for one semester I was here and like you know it was an extension thing uh, and so I had one girlfriend oh no actually I had two I have two girlfriends from college one of them I'm still friends with the other one we did have something that happened but we're trying we're you know coming back together but it won't ever be the same like we were very close and something happened yeah, um, but so then I have basically one college best friend it's crazy. I had a whole anyway. group. I had a whole group. Well, something. So I guess the idea is not to make yourself feel bad. But if you don't have what if you don't have an average of seven friends, 
Maybe something's going on. Well, no, sometimes people are introverted, but I do want to say, because I know we got to get up out of here, in order to get friends, you got to know how to be a friend. Be a friend and also reach out. I was talking about this with Ryan You got to know how to love. You have to yeah. also reach out. You can't just wait for everyone to get in touch with you. Oh, no, hell no. I yeah. don't do one-sided anyway. anything. Relationships, friendships, right. none of that. It has to be reciprocal. Well, next up, why everyone was mad at Instagram today and how, not today, this week. <laughs> <laughs> and what they did to change up their platform and then just go back to where they're at. It's a mess next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Instagram got some heat this week. So their head of Instagram, Adam Mazzari, announced that, you know, they were going to be prioritizing videos, specifically the Reels videos, the one-minute videos. And so when you would go on Instagram, the whole your whole feed, you might have noticed, were like, all videos. And a lot of people were just saying, oh, you're just trying to be a copy of TikTok, right? I mean, even aside from all of the videos, I got so sick of seeing people I did not follow in my, you know, timeline. It would be like, because you like this post by Shira yeah. Lazar, check out this post by Logan Paul. Oh, I... I'm just saying. <laughs> You're the worst. You know, uh, for a moment, I was enjoying it because I was getting a lot of good views on my content. No. I was getting a lot of good views. I think of your creator. It's like you kind of you like when that happens because then you know what content they're prioritizing. But, but leave that on the explore page. And also yeah. that algorithm is racist. Okay, that's true. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, so they got a lot of criticism from celebs like, oddly enough, People who, it's not like they need more attention. They are getting a lot of attention and views on Instagram. Kylie Jenner and Kim Kardashian. And Chrissy Teigen. And Chrissy Teigen. I heard Chrissy Teigen went toe-to-toe with the guy on on Twitter. I missed those tweets. But it's just, like, interesting because it's not like they have a lack of people following them. Well, no, specifically, I want to point out, specifically their gripe is that they want to see their friends' posts. So it's not about followers and numbers and things like that. It's like, if I have three million followers and I follow six people... I want to see when I go on Instagram. I That's want to see true. what those six people are up to. Yeah, that yeah. is true. That all right. I I feel you. There should be at least a function like you know filter out other people's posts. Like maybe have the two um, uh, options. But that hoopla was enough to cause them to pull back and and uh, they announced that they're going to be now focusing on you know both photos and videos. They're bringing it back. Thank God. And just the videos and all, and th- those recommendations you mentioned will be phased out. Instagram was so much better when it was just, you know, photos. And we had like, remember when we, when we first got videos and it was only like 15 seconds allowed? I think that Instagram needs to stick with the uniqueness of Instagram. Yes. Because the fact of the matter is TikTok is not going anywhere. So we don't need two TikToks on their phone. There's no update that Instagram can do that's going to make people delete their TikToks. It's here to stay. Stay original and stay in your lane. Agreed. And now there's this app be real where you can just take a picture you know the a certain point in time in the day and w- that one moment uh, the front side of your phone and the back side takes a picture right mm-hmm. well be real is doing this now instagram announced they're doing their own version it's like you're obviously just copying <laughs> come but on it, the thing is it's so it, it, it's really frustrating because <laughs> anyway. you can't this is not long gone are the days remember how vine kind of went away with instagram dominated them and got rid of them instagram took filters <laughs> and got and stories and got rid of snapchat 
TikTok is not going anywhere and we need the beauty of Instagram. I like images. I told you the other day, TikTok gives me anxiety because I need a photo break and I can't just do endless scrolling videos. Yeah, I know, videos. it's too much. It, I like the, it's it when ma- it's a it balance. I like mind. when it's a balance. Yeah. So the old Instagram, I guess, is coming back. <sighs> Fingers crossed. And I want to clarify something before we go to break. I said that algorithm was racist and I'm going to say in my opinion because I'm not stating that as fact. But research, <laughs> ha- no, because research no, has shown. It's true. Let's keep it a, a, a hundred in the studio. Research has shown the videos that they prioritize and that they boost on these platforms. So until I get that research to tell you all, because I can Google fast enough, I'm going to say in my opinion. There you go. Yeah. I appreciate it. Next up, what Beyonce did to highlight some great queer black artists in her new album. We're going to be celebrating that next on our Yes Queen of the Day. Stick around. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, we are wrapping up the shows we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. This one, of course, goes to Beyonce, who is back after six years off. Yes, the woman of the day, Renaissance Friday. Yes, um, and she features a lot of amazing black queer artists on the album. Yes, and a few of them are some of my favorites. Shout out to T.S. Madison, who's featured on uh, Cozy, which is a very empowering song. I just love T.S. Madison. There's also Big Frida, Honey Dijon, Sid, Moy Renee, Mike Q, and Kevin Aviance. So she did. Oh, and shout out to her dearly departed Uncle Johnny. She gave him a shout out. He used to design dresses with her mother back in the day. uh, And we lost him uh, due to HIV AIDS. Oh, He's part of, you know, that, you know, you know, it hit that generation really hard at the time. And so, yeah, she gives her Uncle Johnny a shout out in the album. And she's mentioned him a few times at the CDFA Awards and when she accepted her Glad Media Award. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, beautiful. She keeps on killing it. Like. Always delivers. That's my girl. For real. Since 1999. And so go check out the album if you haven't already. (laughs) That's our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes Queen. And that does it for our show today. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and all week long. We appreciate you. We are back next week. Weekdays here live on Channel Q. 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. Thank you, Shar, as always, for joining us on Fridays. Yes, thanks for having Love me having on you. Fridays. You know, you are welcome anytime. Am I? I know you want to just hang out here Am all I? the time, 24-7. <laughs> uh, thank you to producer Shelby also for holding down the fort. I don't know if we have anything coming. Well, we always have things coming up next week. Actually, yeah, I oh, already have look two at her. people. She is ready with the tea. I know. Two people that we're going to be speaking with next week. The one story is about how one in eight LGBTQ people um, are less likely to get health care. Um, oh, so not so fun, um, but an important subject to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the other subject is three ways work is sabotaging your sleep. So, <laughs> oh, I definitely need to tune in. Watch yourself. You know, my sleep schedule's all over the place. Me too. Um, <laughs> and of course, we always got the tear report and what's trending this hour. We and we just keep it fun with great music. Yeah. So this is the place you want to be to be informed and entertained. Uh, we are sending you love and light. And I love us for real. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 